And we're going to continue now our sermon series called Life 2.0, as the kettles have set us up so well for today. But let me catch you up in this story of Ruth. Um, And and really, when you look and you understand the Hebrew names and their meaning uh, in this story, uh, you know, first of all, the story is uh, Elimelech and his wife Naomi were facing a famine in Bethlehem, and so they made the decision to take them and their two sons, and to leave Bethlehem and go to Moab because the famine was there in Bethlehem. And and when they left, uh, over a period of time, they're in Moab, and the sons get married to two daughters, but then all of a sudden, uh, over time, Elimelech passes away, and the two sons pass away, and now you have Naomi, who's left in a foreign land, and she's left with uh, two daughters-in-law, but Ruth, one of the daughter-in-laws, decides to, to come back with Naomi to Bethlehem. And like I said, though, when you look at this uh, with, the, with the meaning of the Hebrew names, we'll just put it this way. Elimelech in Hebrew really, really means my God is king. Naomi means pleasantness. Uh, one of the sons, Malon, is joyful song, and the other one, Kilon, is perfection. And Bethlehem means house of bread. So you can sum up the story like this. My God and King and Pleasantness had two kids named Joyful Song and Perfection. That sounds like a pretty good life uh, right there. But when hard times hit in Bethlehem, which is known as the House of Bread, they left the House of Bread and went to a land cursed by God. So my God as King left the House of Bread and went to a place that was cursed by God with his wife Pleasantness and his son Joyful Song and his son Perfection. And then a lot of bad things happen. And you see at the end of chapter 1, when Naomi, also known as Pleasantness, finally makes her way back into Bethlehem. And people say, Naomi has returned. She actually looks at them and says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, which means bitterness. And so Pleasantness turned to bitterness. And that's where we are in this story. We pick it up from here. And we see that your decisions that you make in life can absolutely lead you to difficult places. But as we're beginning to see in this part of the story, they can also lead you to life. It's truly your choice. And so Ruth has chosen to follow Naomi back to Bethlehem. And we begin to see how this story plays out in her life. And so let me just remind you, as we said it last week, I'm going to say it again this week, there is no place that you can go where God cannot find you and lead you to life. So before we go any further in this message, let me just remind you that no matter where life has navigated you or no matter the choices that you've made in life, and look, we've all made some seriously poor choices in our life that we've had to live through and deal with, but no matter where you are on the roadmap of life, God knows where you are. He can find you and he can lead you to life if you follow him, if you follow him. You see, and the fact that God is willing to do that, willing to find us where we are, no matter if we're lost and wandering around, and he's willing to lead us to life, it is an overwhelming example of grace. And that's the theme for the message today, is grace. Grace is an undeserved acceptance and love that we receive from someone else. And there's the key word there, undeserved. 
It is an undeserved love and acceptance that we receive from God. And so we see it playing out in this story. And so there's something you need to understand. As, as Ruth chooses to follow Naomi and to go back to Bethlehem and leave her homeland and, and leave God's cursed land and come back to the house of bread, and she makes that wonderful choice, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. It's not the one choice that made the difference. It's following that one choice that made the difference. And so you, you might need to understand some things that are going on at this time. They make their way back to Bethlehem. It tells us in the end of chapter 1, it's the beginning of the barley harvest. And when Naomi and Ruth make it back to, to Bethlehem, there's also a law or a custom in place at this point in time uh, in, in the nation's history for the welfare of the poor. And it, it works like this, that the harvesters of the field, the owners and the harvesters of the field, they did not harvest the entire field for themselves. They purposely left the edges of the field and even as they were harvesting would leave things behind them purposefully to take care of the poor. Now what a, what a beautiful custom that is. And when you think about it, it's probably one that we should put in practice in our own life as well. Don't take everything that we have for ourselves, but actually prepare that there's going to be others that are going to be in need. And so God has blessed me enough that I'm going to be able to bless other people. What, what a great way to live. So the harvesters would purposely leave the corners of the fields for the poor to harvest. And they would also drop that grain along the way so the poor could glean from them and that's the story that Bruce read to us that as as Ruth got back to Bethlehem and of course Naomi's up in years and probably not able to go out and work as much as she wants to but Ruth says okay let me take care of you I'm going to go out in the field and I'm going to begin uh, to to glean some of these things and to get us something to eat and, and to try to take care of us because they are destitute and broken and alone at that point in time and, and so everything that she does then that day, it, you can just see God's hand working in because she goes to this field and she finds favor in this field. And then at the end, when she's asking, why did I find that favor? I want to read this again. I loved Boaz's words in verse 11. He said, everything that you have done for your mother-in-law since your husband's death has been fully reported to me. How you left your father and mother and your native land and how you came to a people you did not previously know. That is a big decision, a big move. And he goes on to say in verse 12, may the Lord reward you for what you have done and may you receive a full reward from the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. In other words, Boaz says this, I've heard about every decision that you have made and how you are handling the difficulties that you are facing in life right now. You are facing them in a way that honors God and honors others. And further, here you are out working with your own hands, not only to care for you, but also for your mother-in-law. Now I'm going to tell you something that's difficult about preaching the book of Ruth. By the time you read the story, there's nothing left to preach. It's kind of plain right there, isn't it? 
Boaz is saying, look, I've taken notice of the things that you've done, the good decisions you've made, how even in your time of difficulty, you're not just trying to focus on yourself and care for yourself and complain about your difficulties. You are at work. You are blessing others. You are working hard. You are trying to follow the Lord. And so, therefore, I'm noticing this, and I'm going to support you in this. Get it? (laughs) That's how we're supposed to live is that when we're following God, even as he leads us in places that we don't understand or we might not even know what the customs are or what they're about, we can trust him and follow his steps. So how you face your difficulties makes a difference. If you follow God, you will find life. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the next day, maybe not immediately. This journey took time. But if we can... Instead of looking at it through Ruth's eyes or through uh, Naomi's eyes or even through Boaz, can we flip this around and just look at this situation through the lens of the incredible, overwhelming, undeserved grace of God? The first thing that we have to recognize in this story is this, that God is at work. You know, the first thing that usually happens to us when things start going difficult or start going wrong is we start asking the questions, God, where are you in this? Why did you do this to me? I can't believe this is happening. And, 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 you know, and that's okay to ask those questions. Hear, hear it from your pastor. Those are great questions to ask because they will eventually lead you to the right place. But you need to understand that God is at work even when we don't see him working, even when we don't understand what's going on. He is still at work. As a matter of fact, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, just put it plain. One time, John 5, 17, he says, Jesus responded to them, my father is still working and I am working also. Just plain as he can be. I am at work. God is at work. We all recognize what's going on. There are some things that are happening. So even when we're in a situation where we may be lost or wondering or confused or alone, we need to take comfort in knowing that God is at work. So let me just put it this way. Let's answer these questions, uh, or let's look at this and, and, and put it in this question. Are these situations circumstance, or are they God's grace? Because that's a great question for you to ask in your life at times as well. You look back and go, wow, that was some incredible circumstances. Was it? Or is God's grace at work drawing you back to the path of life from where you are? The first thing we see in this story, they happen to make this decision and make it back into Bethlehem as the barley harvest is beginning. I mean, what incredible coincidental timing, right? Right as they left Bethlehem because there was a famine, they're getting back at a time of harvest. Coincidence, huh? Probably not. Probably God's grace saying, look, if you'll come back home, I know how to take care of you. Ruth decides to go out and glean in a field. Now, let me just tell you something. She did not know which field to go to, and it wasn't like there was a map there going, okay, you're assigned to this field. The poor just went into the field, and so she just happens, right, by circumstance, right, and by luck to show up in the field of a kinsman. No, God's grace is at work. As a matter of fact, Naomi tells her later, when she comes home with all these blessings that she received from the day, Naomi goes, where did you end up? And she tells him, I I was in the field of Boaz, and Naomi said, this man is a close relative. He's one of our family redeemers. But Ruth had no idea 
what field she was going to. And then something else that's interesting about the story is that Boaz shows up at the same time that he can see that Ruth is there working. Coincidence, right? No. It's God's grace at work. God is always at work in our life, putting things together to draw us back to him if we will choose to follow him. And so when you look at this and you begin to understand that God is at work, perhaps you're facing an incredibly difficult situation in your life. Hear me on this. God is at work. God is at work. He hasn't forgotten about you. You may have to go through a journey that you may not have wanted to go through. You may have to take some steps that you don't understand. You may have to endure some time that you don't want to endure. But God is at work. And if you follow him, he'll lead you to life. And one of the great ways that can help you on this is if you learn to ask yourselves the right question. So let me just say it this way. When you face a situation like this, learn to ask where instead of why. Now, what do I mean by that? Ask where instead of why. This is what I mean. Ask God, where are you at work in this situation? Instead of asking God, why is this happening to me? Because you see the difference in the focus there? When we learn to ask, okay, God, where are you working in this? Then the focus is on who? It's on God. It's on the one who has the power to do something about it. It's on the one who's in control. It's on the one who knows exactly where you are and exactly where the path to life is and knows how to match the two up. So when you begin to ask yourself the question, God, where are you at work in this? Then you are beginning to ask the right question. If you're just asking, God, why is this happening to me? Where's the focus? Me. And it's all about me. And why did this have to happen to me? And why am I having to go through this? Now, again, it is okay to feel that way. We all feel that way at times. And there are definitely some times in life that we're going to face that are just difficult and they're hard and, and they get to you. And we have good days and we have bad days. But ultimately, if you want to find the path to life, we need to begin to learn to ask ourselves the question, God, where are you working in this and how is it that I can follow you? I love Jesus when he's talking to the disciples. And again, as he's preparing for his crucifixion and, and, and his resurrection and ascension and for the disciples to be without him, this is what he says in John 14, starting in verse 4. He looks at his disciples and he says, you know the way to where I'm going. And then Thomas goes, um, excuse me, we don't know where you're going. So how do we know the way? And Jesus tells him the answer. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. So what's the way through this? And I'm just going to go ahead and say it because sometimes it, it comes across like this. I know this almost sounds like a, a, a poster or a sign at a Christian store or a bumper sticker you see, but Jesus is the way. The better that you know Jesus, the better that you're going to know the way to navigate the situations in your life. You see, Ruth chose to follow a person. She didn't make a decision about a situation. She chose to say, Naomi, wherever you go, that's where I'm going to go. That's how I'm going to live my life. And so the same thing is true for us. We don't follow a path or a plan 
We don't put together a, a set of resources and go, okay, here's how I'm going to map all this out. We follow a person, the person of Jesus Christ. He knows the way. And the better you know that person, the better you're going to be able to know the way of navigating your life. You see, the truth is that when I walk with Jesus, I'm safe and satisfied. When I walk with Jesus, I am safe and satisfied. And as I said in the, in the story of Ruth, it truly parallels so many things that are true in our walk with Christ. If, you, if you're looking at what's happening in this situation, as Bruce read that for us earlier, that when, when Ruth was in the field and Boaz came and questioned about who she is and what's going on, he then made a, a declaration to her. He said, listen, my daughter, don't go and gather grain in another field and don't leave this one, but stay here close to my female servants. See which field they are harvesting and follow them. Haven't I ordered the young men not to touch you? When you're thirsty, go and drink from the jars the young men have filled. Now, you see what's happening here? She found the right place to be, the right person to follow. And then, and then Boaz just said, you, you just stay right here in my protection. When you have any needs, you come to me for that. You are in the right place. You walk in this field, you will be safe and you will be satisfied. No one is going to harm you, and you will have everything that you need as you learn to walk in this field. The more that we learn to walk in the footsteps of Jesus and to follow him and to trust him that he is the way, the more that we will be safe and satisfied. Now, I'm not saying that safe is the absence of difficulty. I'm saying that safe is the presence of God. So that's something that you need to understand. Safe doesn't mean that nothing bad ever happens or there's no harm that comes my way. It means that no matter what happens, I am in step with Jesus. And so therefore I'm safe. One of my favorite examples of that, and of course I don't have time to go through his whole life, but as you read through the New Testament, much of it will help you understand the, the life of Paul as he was once a murderer and a blasphemer and a hater of Christians and God turned his life around to become the Apostle Paul and to be an incredible missionary and an incredible, uh, an incredible person that helped establish churches and do incredible things for the Lord. And as his life was winding down, a life that was feel, filled with many trials, many difficulties, many beatings, many persecutions, this is what he said in 2 Timothy 4.18. Paul writes these words, the Lord will, the Lord will rescue me from every evil work and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. This is a man that's been beaten to an inch of his life on more than one occasion. And his words at the end of his life were, the Lord will rescue me from every evil work and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. You see, following God and truly taking it on in his way, not just following God as long as God does things my way, 
is the path to life. And, and there's a difference here. You've heard me refer to this before if you've watched me a few times. That there's a difference here between truly choosing to follow God as Lord or trying to add God to the life that you already had. We actually talked about it a couple of weeks ago. And the difference between adding God to my life or dying to self and accepting his new life actually shows up in this story too if you think about it. So I'll give you a little spoiler alert. Is that Ruth and Boaz, Boaz redeems Ruth and he takes on Ruth and Naomi. He, he makes Ruth his wife. And, and so it's a beautiful story of redemption. But think about this. In the concept of adding God to my life versus taking God's life on. Adding God to my life is like asking God for help. It's like gleaning the fields with permission. I can just continue to work this field. I know I'm going to be safe. You know, nobody's going to harm me. I'm going to go out and I'm going to work this over and over and over. And, and that's like saying, God, okay, I've figured out life. It's not everything I wanted it to be, but at least, you know, I'm getting these things. But accepting his life is like this. Eventually, Ruth becomes the owner of that field. Think about that. The field that right now she's gleaning, she will soon be the owner of. Because she will be brought into that family. She will be redeemed. And so she will now leave her old life behind. And she will now follow a new life. One that's not just working and gleaning the fields, but one that's actually owning the field. The field I once worked is now mine. Because Christ has redeemed me and the whole world is his. And so instead of having to just add him to my life and hope that I can figure it out and that God will bless me along the way, I can leave my life behind and trust that he has new life for me. No matter where you are in life, God can find you and lead you to the path to life if you will follow him. The bottom line is this. God is willing to guide if I am willing to follow. That's the bottom line. God is willing to guide if I am willing to follow. Psalm 37, 11, the psalmist puts it this way in these words, but the humble, the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity. The humble, those who don't try to do it all themselves, those who don't try to figure it all out themselves, those who don't think that they know the way better than everybody else knows the way. The humble, they're the ones that are going to inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity because they will be the ones who humble themselves and say, God, I'm going to choose to follow you. And God, I'm going to leave my life behind. And look, we're not just talking about leaving an old and sinful life behind. Sometimes it's leaving a good life behind to follow a better life that can be found in Christ. God is willing to guide if I am willing to follow, are you willing to follow him today? Would you pray with me?